You are listening to Color Healing Radio, the world's first radio channel devoted to helping you obtain clarity, healing, and peace through the use of color. Are you curious about the healing power of color? Stay tuned for the color calendar with Elaine Marie. Change your colors and you change your world. Blessings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Color Calendar, brought to you by Aura House School of Color and Light at ColorTherapySchool.com. I'm your host, Elaine Marie, and I will be your guide as we look through life's kaleidoscope to find the most colorful people and the most colorful events in the world. My guest today is Anne Kate Sullivan. From California. Anne has offered intuitive color consultations for the past 22 years. She was originally trained by Orosoma in the UK through the advanced teacher training level, and after completing her doctorate in literature at King's College London, she brought the gift of color and personal myth to many people in the USA and abroad. A cancer survivor who considers the light to be her very best friend. Anne is a trained spiritual psychologist and minister of the infinite light. She offers private readings that include mythic astrology and her own colorful line of flower and gem essences and starlight elixirs. In addition to her amazing color work, Anne has committed her life to writing and has received many awards, especially for her visionary fiction book, A Story of Becoming and her Sparkle series for children. So far, Anne has written 11 books, including The Wind Horse, Legends of the Grail, and Three Days in the Light. She is the president of Infinite Light Publishing, where she pays it forward by assisting new spiritual writers. You have worked with color for many, many years. And I know that you also used to teach Arasoma, which is the dual color therapy system developed by Vicki Wall, whom I think is one of the greatest color therapy pioneers ever. What impressed you most about the Arasoma system? Vicki Wall was a very, very magical woman and a real legacy for color therapy and actually for the whole planet, for anybody who's interested in mysticism. The way that I ran across Orosoma was interesting. I was I was working on my doctorate in London, and I was actually feeling at the time um, fulfilled in a certain way because I was studying so much, but also like something was missing. And I went to an expo in, in London and ran into Mike Booth, and they had these beautiful dual colors, uh, Orosoma. 
and he did a reading for me and um, I was pretty impressed by the reading and he gave me this bottle to take home and I didn't think that much about it. Okay, color, oil, water. It was dark magenta and blue. Anyway, I took it home. The first thing that happened is the dark magenta turned clear, which I thought was slightly interesting. And then about a week later, my name, which is spelled A-Y-N, appeared in bubbles in the bottle and terrified my my housekeeper <laughs> and so forth. But anyway, um, I told uh, a friend about it who, who um, also taught Orisoma, and she said, well, you've been called. You have to go up there. So I went up to Devora, and I was involved in it for about 10 years, did all the different levels of training, and then taught people in the U.S., years also in the UK and the US and what did I love about it the most that it was magical especially at Devora I would go and sit in the color room and I knew that these color combinations were whispering the secrets of my soul I knew it and so I would just sit there and listen and listen and I was like oh my goodness they're opening up my clear hearing my clear seeing they're opening up my, my soul. And there's a language here that I need to learn. And so I just became, over the years, just increasingly curious and increasingly attuned to the language of color. Well, I would say that you had a very special experience, Anne, because I've used Arasoma for years, and I never, ever saw my name in a bottle. And I'm guessing that's because it's a little longer than yours, or <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to go with that. Anyway, you have said that we need to embrace all the colors. Was there ever a time when you knew that you had to work with a color that you did not like? I have a, a, a wall of color at my house. It's, it's um, my magical wall of color. Now, and, and a lot of times when people come and they look at, at this wall of color, the first thing they'll do is they'll tell me what color they don't like, which is interesting, but that's all, you know, almost always, that's the color that they haven't fully embraced yet. And so that's an interesting color because that's where the work is. And um, in my particular experience, I really, really, this is, gosh, over 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I really disliked the color pink, and um, Mike. I was with uh, Mike Busador Soma at the time, and I told him that I picked out the clear pink bottle, and I said, "I think this color is ridiculous. It looks like pink cotton candy and poodles and everything weak." And he he got he raised his eyebrows and he said, "Oh really? Well, why don't you hang on to it for a while and see what happens?" And so I thought it was it was sort of a silly idea, but I I held the I went and bought a clear pink, which is known in Orisama as the girl child rescue. And I was sitting in class listening, holding onto this bottle, and started shaking and shivering. And I was really annoyed that this pink color was having this impact on me. And eventually, instead of passing out, I went upstairs and laid down. And I had a, a memory at that time of being one of the Essenes. So it was a spontaneous um, past life memory. It's very powerful. I saw Mary Magdalene, I saw Jesus, I saw the whole thing. Came back downstairs and related to Mike Booth what had happened. And he said, you know, you need to understand this. 
you had not at that point embraced the color pink, which is your femininity, your feminine energy. Pink is one of the most powerful colors in the entire rainbow. Because if you, if you embrace your pink, you develop your clear hearing, your ability to hear through the veil. You develop your clear seeing. And you're able to be the receptor for spirit. So, of course, from that point on, I, I absolutely loved and embraced the color pink. But I never, I never forgot it. Now it's one of my very favorite colors. So you've gone from Orosoma, and now you are pioneering what you call a new renaissance of light. I love the sound of that. It gives me chills, goosebumps. So tell us about that. Well, actually, all of us are rainbows. We're all human light beings. If you step beyond the, our clay body, and we step out beyond that, of course, there, our clay bodies are enlivened by rainbows. But if we step into the more subtle realms, they're, they're, um, we're all a rainbow. And of course, depending on the person, there'll be certain colors that will be more active. Uh, other colors will be dormant. So that means that um, in the blossoming of our true nature, some, of, some aspects, let, let's say somebody loves the color red, that part of, of their outgoing and vivacious nature, um, that's someone who's courageous and strong and has what it takes for the journey. So that would be developed in that person. But let's say they have an aversion to the color pink, for instance. That, that quality and capacity of the soul won't, won't have been as well developed. And that um, pink is usually related to the, the quality when it's fully open of unconditional love. And when it's, um, there's an aversion to it, something's happened in the development of the soul where uh, she hasn't felt loved or there's been an issue with mother or something like this. So colors, when we work with the color, it helps us just that one particular petal, it just helps us become conscious of it, of what the issue is, what the trauma is, so we can release it and unfurl and accept that as part of who we are. So let's go deeper into color and spirituality. Why do you say that color is the forgotten language of the Divine Mother? Well, actually, uh, it, it, it a little bit comes from Amichi. There's a hugging saint named Ama. And one time I asked, Ama, if God was a man or a woman, uh, which, which gender would God have? And Ama said, well, you know, God's neither a man nor a woman, but if God did have a gender, she would be female because she's always giving life. And uh, so the reason I say that, uh, that color uh, is related to the divine feminine and it's, and it's the language of the divine feminine is because it's the language of life. If you really understand the, uh, the color language, then you understand the development, the healthy development of our ego and why it exists, why we have a personality, what a health, healthy personality is, what happens when the personality becomes the precious pearl beyond price, and then what happens when we step into the brilliancy of our true nature and operate from that place. So it teaches us very subtly, all the time, whether we know it or not, there's a blue sky, there are green trees, <laughs> there's ocean. So it's always speaking to us. Um, and as we become more and more conscious of it, then we can work um, 
we can work with this beautiful, beautiful language of the Divine Mother who loves all of us unconditionally. Well, speaking of the Divine Feminine, you have visited Glastonbury many times. I myself have been there only twice, but it was enough for me to realize that that place is just magical. What can you tell us about magenta, the color of the Divine Feminine? Well, magenta is an interesting color. You know, uh, Gerda called it the unseen color. And it, when we use it in Orisoma, it, it looks like a sort of uh, rosy pink or dark pink. But it's actually a little bit beyond the color spectrum. And it's a, it's a color, it's a wonderful color that has to do with understanding that every little detail, every little cell, every little piece of hair, everything, everything, every everything on the earth is important and every single tiny little detail matters because it's a reflection of the vast cosmic picture. So when we think about that and we look at Glastonbury and we understand that Glastonbury has been a center not only for England but for in a planetary sense um, for thousands of years. I mean maybe you know it might be 6,000, 8,000, 10,000. Some people, some mystics say 18 million years. If we can open up to the idea that Merlin and the Elohim came and created places where the soul of the entire planet would be nourished and held, then Glastonbury is actually one of those places. And right now it's it's a very active landscape where you can go and get in touch with that and get in touch also with your part in the divine play. There was a color, Anne, that made quite the impression on you in Glastonbury, and that was the color black. Tell us about your black initiation at the Chalice Well. So it's interesting. When I studied color therapy uh, earlier, right, you know, for my 10 years of color therapy study, black was a color that, that we tended to avoid because Mostly because if you see black in somebody's aura, it's generally an indication of uh, something negative. You generally don't want to see it in the aura. But if you ever go out at night and look at the nighttime sky, it looks pretty black, sort of luminous black. So it's not a color that we need to fear at all. So I was curious about it. I've been curious about the color black. I went to Glastonbury this particular time uh, when I was getting divorced, and um, I was very sad, and I went and I stayed at the, at the time there was the Sai Baba Center, it's no longer there, but I was staying at a Sai Baba Center, and I was really, really praying about what part of myself I hadn't embraced yet, why I still felt a certain amount of emptiness, and I felt uh, guided to go to the Chalice Well, which is a really beautiful, beautiful spiritual garden that Tudor Cole created after World War II. And I just wanted to go and sit by that well. And it's called the Chalice Well because there's a story that the, the Holy Grail was kept there for a period of time. Anyway, I sat by the, I sat by the well and I realized that I was being called my soul was being called inside the well. And I found out later, uh, actually, 
that there's an ancient initiation that used to take place there with high pri with priestesses. And when it was time to really step into your, your spiritual, on your spiritual quest, you would sit by the well and you would allow your, at that point, it was your whole body that would be immersed. Now you can't do it. There's a, a plate on it. But you would, now you can sit by there and allow your soul to just go into the well. And it's, a, it's an ancient, ancient, ancient initiation. So when that happened, um, I, ca I call it my black initiation. Because what I felt first was a little frightened. I felt my mortality. And the next thing that happened was that I realized I was being held by the Black Mother, by the great goddess, whose lap we will return to eventually, but who also holds us all the time. She's the, she's the great nighttime sky. And within her is all potentiality. If you think about it Kabbalistically, it's Bina called Bina, it's Divine Mother. It's the creative place where all things are held before they're birthed into being. So someone who, who likes black actually probably has a lot of potential, if you think about it for a minute. Here is a mother, the cosmic womb of the mother that's going to bring itself into the light. So that was the point. What was very powerful about that for me was that the emptiness, that I had been walking around with for many, many years, dissolved into the lap of the Divine Mother. And I realized from that point that the, that the black needs to be incorporated into our psyche so that we can hold not only our light, but also everything that lingers in the shadows too, because our totality accepts everything. So it's a very powerful place to go and meditate so we can understand the totality of our being. To date, you have written 11 books. 11. <laughs> wow. As a writer myself, Anne, I am really curious about how you use color in your stories. For instance, do you equate your characters with a particular color? I just finished a book just now, it'll be out in September, called Legends of the Grail. And this is a, a massive book of of um, Celtic mythology and all of the beings in there, all the women in there are heroines. All of them have challenges that they have to face and, and do it. And they're all related to color, all of them. And I think one thing that I saw when I was, when I had my light activation was that we're all mandalas. Each one of us is a really, really beautiful mandala. And, you know, some of us carry more red, we have more strength, or some of us carry more white, we have more will, or some carry a little bit more of the black energy, which is the, the power and potency, or green, the compassion. So we all carry a little bit, you know, we all have our masters of certain rays. But in this particular book, let's take one character, um, Kaysar is, is one, and she was the, the daughter, the granddaughter of Noah. She, appear, she appears in the Bible, and she also appears and a famous Irish book called the Labor Gabala. And um, she was Noah's granddaughter, but was not allowed to board the ark because she, uh, she was not in the correct lineage. She was in the lineage of Cain. And so she was meant to be one of the ones wiped out. But she didn't really like that idea very much, right? <laughs> and it's a very independent character decides, well, she's just going to build her own ark. Now, that's a white quality. That's a white will quality. So, of course, her color combination I have is, is white over olive. Olive is the, the path of feminine empowerment. 
so while I was working on her her story, I kept the white olive bottle with me. Um, but anyway, just just to to tell quickly what happens to her, she sails out with fifty of her friends and her white stallion and his herd. And Eru, the goddess of Ireland, comes and greets her and pulls them aboard to Bantry Bay. And she's meant to be the first human that ever steps foot in Ireland and also the beginning of the goddess tradition there. So white and olive. If when we work with white and olive, that means we can throw the light of our heart out and achieve whatever it is that we wish to accomplish. Olive and white. Well, that sounds suspiciously like a color combination that I need to continue to work with. But first, let's get back to your children's book series. It's about a girl named Sparkle, and one reviewer called the series A Well-Crafted Adventure Through Fairyland and Beyond to Our Dearest Inner Selves. In your first book, Anne, it's called Sparkle and the Gift, Sparkle explains to her mother how people can find their light, and she says, Every time you speak with anyone, you can give them a color, and as long as they love the colors and keep them close by, then eventually people will become rainbows again, and they will remember who they are. Did you happen to share this particular color wisdom with your own children? Absolutely. Actually, you know, it was it's interesting, but when I when I met Vicky Wall, I was pregnant with my daughter. And so Catherine, my daughter, has always her her entire life has revolved around colors and she, she understands the world through color. She uses it as a map like I do. And when Catherine was in college, she's twenty four now, when she was in college, she said, Mom, I really, really need for you to publish the Sparkle stories. I wrote them when they were kids. I wrote them for my kids so that they would have books to live into, stories to live into. And actually, Catherine also had a, she had trouble reading. And she could read color, but she couldn't read words. So actually reading the color helped her learn how to, how to read and become a really successful student. I published the book so that her college friends at Naropa would have the stories to live into because um, we're at a time right now where a lot, where a lot of, I, I don't want to just say young people, but a lot of people seem quite lost. And color, you can just work with one color. You can work with one color and start to connect to the truth of who you are. Because, you know, the goal uh, ultimately is to really understand the map of your own true nature and what it is that you're meant to be blossoming into, your own story of becoming. What is your seed, and who are you meant to become? That's interesting. So children and college students, I guess, really love Sparkle, and at one of your book signing, there was a young boy who asked you about the color black, and he said he was very attracted to it, but he was very concerned, too, because he thought maybe he shouldn't be attracted to it, because maybe that indicated he was a bad child. Do you remember this event and what you told him? I do. He was 10 years old. He was really cute. And he came in, and he was very concerned. He actually stood and looked at the colors for a very long time. And he, he really didn't know color, but he was very fascinated by it. And he picked it up, and he held it out to me, and he looked aghast. And he said, um, I like this color. Does this mean that I'm a bad person? 
And here he is, this little blonde, curly haired, adorable kid, you know. And I said, no, not at all. I said, let's go out and look at the nighttime sky. Come out with me. And he was holding the bottle and we walked out and we looked up at the nighttime sky. And I said, look at this, the sky. Do you think it's bad? And he said, no. So do you think it's really, it's really powerful and vast and full of potential and possibility? And he said, yeah, everything's in the nighttime sky. And I said, well, maybe you are too. Maybe everything is in you and it's just waiting to blossom. What do you think? <laughs> and it was so cute because he held the bottle and then he went into his bedroom and he laid down went, I went and, and uh, to visit him later and he was sleeping with it under his pillow. Kids are chasing with color. They're really amazing. They get it. They get it. If I take them to school, you know, I'll say, okay, who likes the color yellow? And they'll all yell, oh, that's because you're brilliant. And they go, oh, yes, 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 yes. And, you know, and I'll say, well, who likes the color red? And, and they'll go, I, I'm, I'm, you must be really good at sports and being in your body. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then I'll have a little boy that will say, but I don't like pink. And I'll go, oh, you don't like love? Oh, I like pink, he'll say. <laughs> <laughs> they get it straight away. So now we come to the last question, Anne. And that is, when you look back at all your physical and emotional and spiritual experiences, what do you think has been the greatest lesson that color has taught you? This is a deep question, you know, because what I like to do with color is uh, I find color to be a book, but you know, if you're working with a book, you have to open up and read it. It involves a little bit of it involves openness and receptivity and imagination. But if you really sit with the colors and you really allow them to speak with you and work with you, what they do, the external colors, is they help you understand your own internal colors. So what they do is they teach you about something I call the glyphosia, which is the bright knowing that resides within once we get in touch with our own personal brilliancy, and which is, which is not the ego, and it's not the personality, it's something much more mystical, and it's something much more related to our soul, and our, even maybe even more so our higher self. Once we can get in touch with that, and we understand the pulsations and the sensations that come when we're in touch with that, we can walk through just about anything. And I would say developing that ability to tune in, I call it, that, that ability to be in touch with your own bright knowing is uh, the most powerful thing I've learned from color. Here's what's happening on the color calendar for April 2016. An Arasoma and Astrology course will be held from Friday, April 1st through Monday, April 4th in Ashbourne, Ireland. On Saturday, April 2nd, Dr. Julie Wardrip presents a color therapy taster in Dundee, Scotland. Victoria Silks will teach an Arasoma and 72 Angels of the Kabbalah Part 1 course from Saturday, April 2nd through Tuesday, April 5th in Santa Fe, New Mexico. 
The Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health is hosting Creating Yantras, Healing with Sacred Geometry and Color from Sunday, April 3rd through Tuesday, April 5th in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. On Monday, April 4th, Allegra Prince is offering Aura Soma readings in San Rafael, California. An eight-week Metatronic Color Healing Meditation Workshop begins on Tuesday, April 5th in Epsom, England. A Soul to Soul Aura Soma Color Training Course is scheduled for Friday, April 8th through Sunday, April 10th in Stokes Valley, New Zealand. Vicki Engham will lead a Working with Your Angels and Chakra Balance Massage Workshop from Friday, April 8th through Monday, April 11th in Cairns, Australia. From Friday, April 8th through Friday, April 29th, Trudy Tozer offers a Creative Mandela Art, Self-Expression Collage, and Abstract Color Therapy Workshop Series in Koh Samui, Thailand. A wonderful event with color will be held on Monday, April 11th in Caulfield, North Australia. On Saturday, April 16th and Sunday, April 17th, Mark Wentworth will present his Know Yourself Through Color course in Norwich, England. Martha Reed is leading the Power of Seven Color Therapy Program on Monday, April 18th in Glendale, Arizona. An Expansion Through Color three-day color mirrors workshop is scheduled for Friday, April 22nd through Sunday, April 24th in Congleton, England. And Aaron Roy will teach an angel color therapy class on Saturday, April 23rd in Swansea, Massachusetts. And that's what's happening on the color calendar for April. If you would like to contact the organizers of the events mentioned on the show today, or if you have a colorful event that you would like to submit for the color calendar, please email your request to AuraHouse at Yahoo.com. Many thanks and many blessings to Ann Kate Sullivan for joining us today. To learn more about her work, please visit AnnKateSullivan.com, spelled A-Y-N-C-A-T-E-S, Sullivan.com. And if you'd like to know more about me, Elaine Marie, please visit my Aura House School of Color and Light website at ColorTherapySchool.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out our Color on Call Color Therapy Consultation and Education Program, which is now offered on Skype. And join the Aura House mailing list to receive a free gift, my Rainbow Wishes Teleseminar MP3, to learn how you can use color for manifesting. So until next time, no matter how you feel or where on the planet you live, don't forget to stop and enjoy the pretty colors. Namaste. Namaste.